0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. So come to the site now. We're finally looking at the end of week number nine. Going forward to week ten, can't believe it's already week ten. We're into the second half of the schedule, the stretch run, the time to either bolster your fancy football seed for the playoffs or get into the playoffs. Uh, either way, it's a big, big time for everyone playing. And uh, still a lot of DFS to play as well, so uh, we're glad you're still on board here. And on Tuesdays here, we take a look at the Waiver Wire. It's weekly Waiver Wire with Eric Edoma, Pro Football Weekly. He'll join us later, and we'll talk to him about some of the intriguing uh, quarterback developments as well as tight end two positions that if you don't have these elite elite options it uh, can get tough there the back end at that position so a lot of guys out there to talk about that could have some use in the upcoming weeks and later down the line here if you're streaming quarterback streaming tight ends this has not been a bad year to do it if you got really stuck on the top and uh, we'll definitely have some advice there and uh, before we do that we'll uh, look at uh, some uh, running backs and wide receivers. Then we'll close with a look at the streaming defenses that uh, you can look. So that that's all. We'll break this show down uh, and uh, a lot of a uh, decent options there to maybe help on the wire if uh, people in your league gave up and uh, created some openings and availability. And with that massive sixteen buy last week, uh, a lot of that is the result. Of that where people just couldn't afford the roster space and had to kind of adjust there so let's dive right into looking at running back it has to start with mike davis here as the pickup but you have to target chris carson here try to play with the hip and the growing injury re everything here this is re because he's done this before and had to check out in another game so Chris Carson is just a guy that you wish you could trust to stay healthy. He seems to have one or two good games in a row with high volume and production that disappears. But Mike Davis immediately took over. Rashad Penny was nowhere to be found. They said they wanted to give him a little bit more snaps, but that didn't occur when Carson had to check out a game against the Chargers. So... They're basically trading one back. It's kind of the old school Broncos approach when you had Mike Chan. They like one back. You just don't know who that back is going to be based on injuries from week to week. And when you have a mid-game injury, it's uh, difficult as well. So Mike Davis for now, I think we want some confirmation that Chris Carson has definitely ruled out against the Rams this week to trust the Davis volume. Because other than that, it's going to be a mixed bag and can be disappointing. And nothing I would... Another thing I would be careful about playing against the Rams, the game flow could get out of hand there. I know they were trailing against the Chargers, but they're trailing big, and then uh, Davis is not going to be used as much, and they're just going to spread the field and throw their wide receivers. But viable starting running back at this time of year, you have to look at. Duke Johnson Jr. is probably owned in a lot of leagues. He did have a good game a couple weeks ago, kind of faded. But now they changed the offense, so the progressions are what you expect with a tight end there, David Njoku and uh, Duke Johnson. They're getting the looks, the checkdowns, the safer throws for Baker Mayfield. Figure that's going to be a bigger factor. Good matchup this week against Atlanta as well. A team that can struggle with backs in the passing game there. So Duke Johnson right up there at running back that you can look at. Another guy that uh, speaking of uh, Atlanta and Cleveland, Edo Smith. Now this running game really came to life. Tevin Coleman exploded for a big game as a receiver. Had some nice runs as well with limited volume. But Edo Smith is the guy that they're going to pound at certain times this could be a good game for the Falcons to play with the lead so you can see a little bit more Smith there Coleman maybe helps them get the lead Smith helps finish uh, drives and finish the game here so Smith and Coleman all of a sudden looking good this Falcons uh, offensive line played great against a really tough Washington defensive line Cleveland does have its own pretty tough front with Miles Garrett but uh Smith again not just for this week, uh, if he's been available, drop during the bye there for the Falcons. Uh, he's a guy now that you can pick back up, definitely relevance, and a lot of things is going through. Those two backs now, and Smith and Coleman both looked good last week. Now, Elijah McGuire stepped right in, played more than Isaiah Crowell, had a good combined yardage day, very similar to Crowell, around uh, 60 yards there. So, nothing exciting. This is Jets offense has a limited ceiling, but... He's Bilal Powell. If you're looking for Bilal Powell, Trent Cannon, they try to work in a little bit. But Powell, the real replacement in the beginning, in the preseason, was McGuire before McGuire hurt his foot. So, McGuire's back healthy. They had wasted no time trying to get a spark in the backfield. They're playing the Bills this week. So, should be some positive game flow with Isaac Carell and McGuire to have some success in this one. We talked about Josh Adams, Wendell Smallwood a little bit last week with Eric, uh, the Eagles backfield. Do you trust anything going forward? It's going to be really tough, but I would say Adams more because he has that touchdown potential. We'll see if Corey Clement is healthier and gets back in the mix. We'll see if Darren Sproles, but it's a tough situation. You want maybe one share of this. I won't go nuts on that uh, backfield, but that's what you have to look at. Now, Naheem Hines, another guy that was on the bye last week, still getting worked in there behind Marlon Mack. And Marlon Mack, we know, not totally adorably trustworthy guy, so you have to look there. And a couple pass games catching backs that you can look at Theo Riddick really stepped into that golden Tate void in Detroit was the busiest receiver there cut into carry on Johnson's work there. He was a former wide receiver at Notre Dame, very similar player to Tate at Notre Dame. So they used him in the slot there a lot as the Lions, number three receiver in the bears. When you look at it, they can give up some uh, receiving yardage to receivers inside and uh, Riddick definitely in the PPR league pops up on the radar. Now that he's back healthy from his knee injury. Capri Bibbs, of similar satellite back there in Washington with no Chris Thompson. He just can't stay healthy. Adrian Peterson going downhill. Their offensive line with uh, Sean Lavau and uh, Brandon Scherf going down. They're not going to be able to power run the ball with Adrian Peterson the way they would like. So more dump-offs check down for Alex Smith with the wide receiver core hurting. And you look there. And Ty Montgomery, not a bad dart throw to look at. Uh, Javorius Buck Allen. Here they're going into bye. We'll see how they use Montgomery coming out of the bye. I think Alex Collins is still the man, he's scoring there for to make up for his value with limited rushing. But uh, in the passing game, they have to look at my, Montgomery more to get involved as this uh, Ravens offense has struggled quite a bit. Now, looking at wide receiver, the top one is easy it's Marquez Valdez scantling that you have to pick up. Ty Montgomery leaving helps there, so does the injury to Geronimo Allison, which got worse here, that situation around Cobb is fading, EQ, Equinamia St. Brown is not doing so well there, so it all lines up for, nicely for Valdez Scandling to be that number two option in the passing game, not just at out there, but when you look on the outside with Devontae Adams, maybe the co-number two option there with Jimmy Graham is Marquez Valdez Scandling, making a lot of big plays, doing in traffic, going up and getting the ball, gaining more interest from Aaron Rodgers, so that situation is starting to become more clear there in Green Bay. Now, I still think you have to look at uh, these guys in Los Angeles, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, maybe last chance to pick up them, but Tyrell seems to be consistently involved. Mike is a little bit up and down, touchdown dependent with the snap count and all that, but Tyrell Williams seems pretty locked in here as the number two receiver playing off of a Keenan Allen who works in the slot when they go three, they put the two Williams is outside, but Tyrell Williams is going to get some good matchups for shot plays. And definitely this week against the Raiders, a team that he's burned in the past in the division is definitely worth it. Now, This is probably the last call for Traquan Smith. He didn't have the biggest game there in that shootout against the Rams, but he did score a touchdown. He was trusted in that spot. Same thing with David Moore. He did get targeted in the end zone. Didn't score there for Seattle, but definitely got a pass in there. He's their new guy that they're looking in and scoring position. Unfortunately, it was Jerron Brown who scored for the Seahawks last week. But Moore is going to get some red zone looks. He's kind of like a de facto tight end in that offense in terms of getting those type of looks. So, He's scoring-dependent guy, but you have to look at him, David Moore. And uh, Trey Smith, I think, can be a little bit more than scoring-dependent going forward. When you look at uh, the Cardinals, don't forget about them. They're on a bye. Christian Kirk really looked involved with Byron Leftwich last week. The matchups coming up are pretty decent. They get Kansas City this week, where slot struggle might be there with Kendall Fuller and Larry Fitzgerald. So, some garbage time opportunity for Christian Kirk, potentially, this week. And... Alert, they are playing the Raiders there in Week 11, so Christian Kirk can also help you in that capacity. And I think he's getting more and more comfortable with this offense. He's been the steadiest receiver there over Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald kind of coming on strong and being used well is going to only help Christian Kirk in the end. Now, you look at uh, the Bengals' situation. A.J. Green is going to miss some time. How much do we trust John Ross? I don't trust him a lot, but you have to look at him. They need somebody to throw to there to really help Tyler Boyd be in the slot. And uh, – I think you look at some other guys work in Uh, Cody core has been involved in this passing game. He would be the next man up that they have to slide in outside and Ross is coming back off a groin injury. So we'll see that. So uh, I want some piece of the Bengals. We'll talk about really where you want to go there at tight end to make, make up for AJ green's loss. But uh, when you look at, uh, ross maybe there's some upside they have to put him in there but i would watch out for other guys emerging and uh, cody core is definitely one of them a guy maybe more the part of being an outside guy who can pinch in for a.j green than ross for a pure speedster there and uh, you gotta look at adam humphreys now this is a guy i'm not totally gonna sell because there's a lot of mouths to feed in tampa bay the matchups are gonna be good better for mike evans and deshaun jackson going forward chris godwin is still there so It's really hard to recommend a, whatever you want to call it, number two to anywhere from number two to number four receiving option on the team, especially when you have O.J. Howard at tight end, Cameron Brait. That's a lot of mouths to feed. I think Humphreys, maybe the production was the product of the matchups the past couple weeks where the slot opened up and it lined up well the past two weeks. So I'm not as hot on Humphreys, but looking at the Redskins, uh, looking at the matchups, I would say the outside is a little bit easier to exploit with... uh, Josh Norman, at least on one side, Quentin Dunbar can slow down one guy, but Fabian Moreau, we'll see how healthy he is, can slow down Humphreys. So Humphreys not as excited about as those other guys. For now, I want to go with more youth, upside, big play guys. Well, Humphreys is just a guy, and uh, his uh, two-touchdown game was a bit fluky there against Carolina. That's for sure. So there you have it. There's a look at the running backs and wide receivers that you should kind of think about on the wire. We'll come back and uh, – Talk quarterbacks and tight ends in a minute with Eric Edholm. But first, uh, it's one thing to have the excitement of seeing all your fantasy football players do their damage here on the stat tracker and see what they're doing. But you can take it to a whole nother level. Why not see them in person? And Vivid Seats wants to help you do just that it's the online event ticket market marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime and listener like you to locked on fantasy football can watch your favorite team perform in person and it doesn't matter if you're going to an nfl game another sporting event or concert or a theater musical production anything vivid sees is going to help you get there and uh, when you go to Vivid Seats, you're going to get great prices and an easy purchasing experience. And now, with the promo code Locked On, listeners to Locked On Fantasy Football like you can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a first time customer of Vivid Seats. So it's easy to get the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download it now. Enter the promo code Locked On. Received $20 off orders of $200 or more as a customer. Uh, vivid Seats for the first time, and all confirmed orders there are backed by Vivid Seats, 100% guarantee, so you're good to go there. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. When we get back, we will have uh, Eric home of Pro Football Weekly helping us look at the quarterbacks and tight ends on the weekly waiver wire. And joining me now as he always does for weekly waiver wire is Eric home of Pro Football Weekly to help us look at more in-depth, these pickups that are intriguing us this week. How's it going, Eric? Yes.
1: And uh, I think you made a good point last year. It's been kind of a strange year for pickups. Uh, maybe some of our streaming options haven't been as good as, as normal years, but uh, we'll, we'll certainly try to make the best of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Baker Mayfield is one guy that we've talked about quite a bit on the show with the Browns, and we'll look at quarterbacks more because there's intriguing quarterback Things happening here late in the season that could have a little bit more value. But Mayfield has been pretty good here in the past few weeks. I thought uh, having no uh, Hugh Jackson and no Todd Haley was a relief. Because Freddie Kitchens, I thought, called a good game. You got Duke Johnson involved there. Antonio Callaway made some plays. Uh, David Njoku wasn't blanked, which was good to see. But overall, it seemed like the flow of the offense for the Browns is what more we were hoping for and expected there against Kansas City. And that bodes well for this uh, matchup against Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I think he's got a pretty favorable, you know, couple of games here. I mean, depending on, you know, how you you regard the Bengals in two weeks. But, you know, obviously it could be a shootout type of game in Atlanta uh, or with Atlanta. I should say it's in Cleveland if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's three straight games where he's got two touchdowns. I know the yardage totals have been held down a little bit. But I, I they put the ball in his hands. They got do that was is a huge thing that a lot of people have been crowing about. And, you know, I, I think he's, you know, gained fantasy relevance here with, you know, I think every start he's had at least one touchdown. I can't say that about uh, other quarterbacks who've been starting for, so it's not perfect, but it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. When you look at, uh, as a draft guy that you are, when you look at Sam Darnold and obviously Josh Rose and, is to struggle a little bit. Uh, Darnold just had some interception issues. Josh Allen isn't playing. Lamar Jackson is only playing as a gadget player. Uh, I mean, I think he's doing all the things that have justified him being the number one overall pick over those guys.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And you know, not that many people go out and have banner rookie years. And I think relative to those guys you're talking about, and who knows, maybe. Maybe Donald gets a little help. Maybe Josh Rosen, you know, has a decent job for them, or maybe Josh Allen comes back healthy. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But you know, all things considered, Baker's done pretty well for himself and, and the completion percentage is hovering around sixty percent. That's that's not bad for as many receiver changes as they've had or, or questionable uh, you know, installations of the lineup. They lose Higgins for a stretch. Callaway had the, the drops at one point. You mentioned Noku's inconsistency. So yeah, with a terrible game from from Harrison, their left tackle. I mean, there's still so many bad things going on around. Not to mention the coaching changes. So all things considered, I I really like what I've seen from him, and, and think that as long as they get the right people in place, we're wise, this is a team that has some some real positive over the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, uh, look at, looking at another quarterback that was the rookie of the year a couple of years ago, but a struggle, been up and down. But I know they didn't win on Monday night. It was a little brutal there uh, with the Titans. It looked good early, but uh, Dak Prescott is definitely has some solid fantasy relevance now. The Mari Cooper, it looks like that was a seamless thing there to open things up, uh, had that shot play as well to Alan Hearns that turned into a touchdown. So Dak Prescott running a little bit more. Maybe they're not running as easily with Ezekiel Elliott. And I think Dak Prescott's going to have some value. Not a bad schedule here uh, going forward. Yeah, it's it's really easy to, you
1: know, everybody else who's been bashing him. And I understand. Has he been what we've expected, big picture, non-fantasy value? No. But if you look at what he's giving you fantasy-wise, especially with that rushing production, I know the Tennessee game, you know, last night, Monday night, wasn't what we expected had 13 yards, 11 yards, whatever it was, on the ground. But facing Philly, they've given up some, some some yards to rushing quarterbacks this season. You know, I think there is some value here. I think you're talking about a guy who probably owned in, in 40, 50 percent of leagues. So, yeah, this is a, a pretty good little little short-term option that, that may be able to get you through a bike or a short stretch or something like that. I, I I'm on board.
0: Yeah, and another guy, obviously, on the other side that looked great coming out of the bye was Marcus Merode, and this guy's really working with little. Let's be honest, uh, there's Corey Davis, uh, I think, good time when Taylor got hurt in the game, Tidey Sharp has been just a guy, they got uh, Jonu Smith involved, they have these guys that, uh, most people don't know really who they are, you have uh, Batson and Ferkser that he's throwing to out there, but... He seems to just have a little more pep in his step. He, he reminds me of the Mariota we saw in the playoffs last year. The guy that I thought we were going to see more with Matt LaFleur, and I think part of that is uh, getting him in the flow of running the ball off those running backs. You know, some of those names you listed off sound like Star Wars characters, but they are real, legitimate
1: NFL players. And, you know, Johnny Smith gave in the end zone, and, and he's a player I've always kind of had my eye on as a an HVAC. I thought I'd do more with Lanny Walker after but, You know, it's, it's just how Matt LaFleur, their offensive coordinator, has really kind of adapted into what they have. And it's really, you know, with Mario overthrowing that, that zone ball to Corey Davis, overall the production is good. The, the score on the ground facing a Patriots defense this week. I mean, in a way, it's kind of like it's Trubisky. You sort of look up. Maybe you don't think played a, a, a fit game, but it got fancy value there. The production is absolutely there. So, you know, for him to be his own in as few leagues as he is surprising to me considering his, you know, what he's capable of doing. So, you know, I'm always a little bit lukewarm on Marcus right now as a player, but, you know, take it, separate the expectation or whatever, the disappointment as the a, as a, as a number two overall pick and, and realize that, like you said, there there's something to, to exploit here, I think.
0: Yeah, I remember this is a guy that did also come back in the playoffs at Arrowhead Stadium and lead a victory. And he played okay against the Patriots as well. So he's not just a dud, and I think it's unfair to kind of lump him in with that that James Winston mess. Now, when you look at a number one overall quarterback that's uh, on the end here is Eli Manning. He's probably going to have a battle with Nick Mullins in this Monday night matchup for the Aegis Giants and 49ers coming up. Now, if you had to take a dart throw on one of these quarterbacks, Nick Mullins, to keep it up here at home, I can't believe I'm saying that, or Eli Manning on the road against this uh, banged-up 49er secondary, the site of one of his biggest wins there in the playoffs. Uh, where are you going in this toss-up, Old Miss versus Southern Miss?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Because on the surface, you say to yourself, hey, Nick Mullins, what he did against the Raiders, you know, I mean – Could he not turn around and do this against the Giants? Remember, I mean, as as bad as the Giants are, they've actually done a relatively good job, all things considered, keeping, you know, Matt Ryan down, uh, Drew Brees. I'm just trying to think of some of the other, you know. uh, Sean Watson, I don't think, had a massive game against them. I know he had some, some late fireworks in that game, but I I haven't allowed as many big fantasy performances as you'd think. So I understand people with those sort of intriguing shirts. Don't they have fill or they have, um, do they have a back to that maybe? Yeah, they do.
0: Yeah.
1: So there's a couple of back to back, you know, matchups you say, all right, maybe he's a real option here. So I understand that I hope that what I can't. That's a tough call, Vinny. Do you lean one way or the other? this one? I guess I slightly go Mullins, but I'm not feeling too strong about either one.
0: Yeah, I'll say this. I think I want to play that one game Monday night special with this one just for have fun. Because if you started, yeah. had some fun with the 49ers against the Raiders in that one-day Thursday, slide, you would have been okay. So I yeah. I think I kind of like Mullins because if the 49ers can run the ball and things are going to open up, For them, And I I think the Giants' defense is completely different here without Damon Harris in the middle to stop the run and and then Eli Apple, who is actually playing better than Janoris Jenkins. So I kind of go with the home quarterback in this one. I'm just not trusting Eli. I've been burned by this in the past, looking at this matchup.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. It's important to note that they did lose those two players, and and, that does uh, sort of complete the picture a little
0: bit. Now at tight end, all of a sudden this uh, positional wasteland is uh, dropping some options down from the sky to help people down the stretch here in the second half. Uh, Jack Doyle, he's still un- unowned in a lot of leagues. Part of it was the fact that his good game against the Raiders returning from his hip injury was followed by a bye this week, but he's available in a lot of leagues. Now, how do you kind of see that? Uh, really, Jack Doyle, you look at the snap counts. Eric Ebron is pretty much a red zone toy and occasional slot receiver for them, but Jack Dole is in doctor of the offense. He's pretty much a guy that you have to go after hard to be that weekly starter, right?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously
0: you mentioned the
1: snap totals
0: interesting. Obviously, Ebron has done kind of the more damage at this point, but
1: you know, I I, I think he has to be has to be on people's radars. You know, and this is a player who's I think calling all season in his career, and, and had you know, certainly not those, those those half point, full point PPR leagues too. So, you know, Ebron could sort of take take touchdown possibilities away from him, but coming back three, you know, doing as much as he did, I think that was a pretty big and what value. And this Colts team, they, I don't, know, I don't know, I just wrote a line in my in my. Uh, power rankings i said I, I think they're going to be kind of the hipsters favorite team next year like the the the, the team that everybody kind of gets on and says aha this is the, the team that's on the rise. You want to get on that bandwagon now's the time and i think they're going to be a tough matchup down the stretch they play a really easy schedule to a relatively easy schedule. yeah this is this is a tough one but i still think has fantasy starter potential you know, in maybe more weeks than
0: not, going down the stretch. Don't don't consider the position; just consider the player. I think the way I'll say it. Yeah, definitely, and uh, it, it, some things are developing as well. I mean, the Doyle Ebron thing works a little bit because the Colts aren't great at wide receiver with uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, and not much else with a lot of injuries there. But then you look at another position or another spot that's going to have injury issues is Cincinnati there with AJ Green. We're not sure. It looks like he's at least going to miss one game against New Orleans, which is a shame because that's a game where he's going to face a pretty good secondary for him to exploit. Now you'd think that CJ Uzuma would benefit from this. He's already benefited quite a bit with Tyler Eifert, Tyler Croft being down and John Ross not doing much. Now I think Yuzuma is a guy who didn't make a catch in his previous game, really disappointed his owners, but they got to get this guy more involved, don't you think? Because like, they're really not going to trust John Ross all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, I agree on Ross. Everybody's kind of presenting him as like the... He's okay, back in the picture now. I haven't, haven't assume that yet. I, I haven't felt like that's that's a thing that necessarily happen all of a sudden. But Uzoma, had he not hurt his shoulder in that game, I think had an opportunity there to, to really kind of cement himself. So before the buy that left, left a bad but don't forget about the guy. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. I think of like a running back, like a Peyton Barber situation where, you know, as soon as you drop, all of a sudden when he regains sort of fantasy relevance to a degree, but he's a better option at tight end than Barber is at running back. It's just the first one that popped into my head, but yeah, I, I think without that injury, Probably are looking at a at a, a nice game than the, the previous game. So this one, possible shootout. Saints have had issues with ends this season. Uh, yeah, with all the questions they have at receiver, this is a good good uh, good risk to take. I think.
0: Yeah, another wide receiver issue, and uh, everyone we flocked to Courtland Sutton. We thought that could benefit, but maybe we had to examine this a little further with the Broncos, where they didn't really have that number three receiver, especially with Deshaun Hamilton hurting. And yeah. uh, Jeff Hireman, I talked to him at the combine, remember this, I really liked him in Ohio State, just being a uh, versatile guy that could catch passes, but he was hurt cons- constantly here early in his career. But all of a sudden he is, gets this 10-catch uh, game. He becomes the new Kyle Rudolph for Case Keenum all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> they're on a bye this week, but gosh, looking at this position, any tight end that gets that much playing time, targets, Efficiency—you uh, got to pay attention to, don't
1: you? I think so too, right? And I mean, eleven targets, ten catches, a touchdown—those are those are great numbers for Adam this year. But you know, like you said, even with a recent kind of ripple at the position, it's been a it's been a rough year at that spot. So that seems to me, look—if you have the ability to add them now, do it, especially with somebody like you know, I picked up Ed Dixon two weeks ago. First week, great. Got a touchdown of him. He, he loves playing the Lions. The next week, he does nothing. Outsnap, Nick Vanette, things like that. So, I absolutely think that if you do it now and get gonna afford that, sure, go for it. And maybe Deshaun Hamilton comes back and they want to give him some more run. It's possible. But, I mean, how many other guys follow that category? I mean, Chris Herndon has caught some, some touchdowns. You know, he's he had some pretty good little moments. He's been one of the few guys during this bad stretch for the Jets who have kind of stepped up a little bit. We mentioned John Smith earlier, you know, the Steelers tight ends are kind of confusing to figure out, uh, you know, help me out. I don't know. There's not much else out there. So this is as good as it gets at this phase of the game, I would say. So again, if you can wait, great. if you can't, I understand why.
0: Well, last guy uh, we'll talk about there in a good transition. You're talking about Chris Herndon, but – Another guy that's uh, come on here with three touchdowns in the past two games, I know he isn't doing too much else, is uh, Jordan Thomas. They've had their issues, too. There, Even with the acquisition of Demarius Thomas, they have uh, Kiki Kuti still hurting. They need kind of a number three option. and uh, We thought Ryan Griffin could do some damage against the Broncos, but no. Is Jordan Thomas, against scoring? Now, I, I guess you have to pay attention to this kid because he was kind of there with the other rookie Jordan Akins, but he's kind of separated separate himself as an upside player.
1: Yeah. He was fascinating in college. He was like king sized wide receiver, basically. I mean, he was this two hundred and seventy pound guy who never never lined up in line. They used him as this last year. I mean, they lined him up as a as a big receiver. They threw jump balls to him and it looked a little kind of you know, not fluky. I don't know how I'd explain it, but for he's caught I think like 10 passes all season correct me if I'm wrong it's not a long game I mean he hasn't had yeah, that many the three touchdowns in the reds zone makes you think they kind of like this guy with a certain role and you know I know Demarius is there I know Hawkins is always going to be the alpha dog but I'm not counting on Dante Foreman come back and be a thing I don't know if I'm I just feel like there's enough value there, and I picked him up right before that Giants game where he kind of had a little mini breakout and then had to drop him again. Somebody's grabbed him since then, and I regret because, you know, as little as there are, there is a tight end, you look for these little glimmers of hope, and, you know, his usage is back on the upswing, and they feel like they have something here. They're a team that is challenged, and so they're going to have to use every resource they can, and the fake. Uh, Deshaun Watson sort of has a little, a little chemistry building with this guy, so it's it's really fascinating. He's a king size dude, a really good athlete, who's clearly still raw as Tartar, but he's but he's coming on.
0: Yeah, uh, we always had to be looking at these positions. Uh, streaming might be the way to go down the stretch at quarterback and tight end, as well as defense, with the way this season's gone, especially if the core and not uh, running back. And wide receivers. So thanks, Eric. Uh, what do you have working on there at uh, Pro Football Weekly that uh, we should tell people to read?
1: Yeah, there's uh, a lot of stuff going on this week at my true turnover table that I'm working on every week this season. And uh, got a couple features coming up on uh, Panthers corner Don Jackson in the next week or two. And, and he's a really interesting young man. And uh, Got some stuff working on. I mentioned the Colts, the Falcons as well, kind of these teams that everybody's gonna ever put to the side, but winning some games down the stretch. and So, yeah, I got a few things working over at ProFootballWeekly.com.
0: Yeah, definitely check it out. He does a great job. He's Eric Edholm of Pro Football Weekly, inside on the uh, guys in the league now, guys that are going to be in the league in the future, just great stuff. And uh, good luck to this week, Eric, and we will uh, talk to you next week
1: it, man my teams are really strong so hopefully uh your advice and my advice will we'll
0: put something good together here all right sounds good uh talk to you then thanks another solid segment there from uh, eric just love the insight looking forward uh not just to what's happening now but what's happening down the line and really analyzing uh, what's going on so good good stuff there now we'll close looking at defenses here and uh I will say that you have to look at the New York Jets again this week. We'll start with them. They're playing the Buffalo Bills. Basically, you want to target all your defenses against the Bills. So if you're looking a little bit ahead, unfortunately, the Bills are off next week. So you're going to have to come back with the Jaguars there in week 12. And uh, the Jets, again, are coming up as well as the Dolphins. So if you want to kind of do some advance, even I believe Detroit plays the Bills, and not a very good defense there, but someone is available. So Bills, Bills, Bills so to speak, go after the defenses that are playing them. The Jets are that lucky team at home. So that's a bonus this week. Go there. Now the Chargers came up huge in Seattle. We didn't really like them last week, but came up with a pick six against Russell Wilson. So looking good. This defense keeps playing better, better of week, waiting for Joey Bosa to come back to put it over the top. Now they get the Raiders. It doesn't matter it's on the road here. The Chargers will be in control in this one, and uh, forced some mistakes from uh, Derek Carr. So, love them. I love the Packers at home here as well against the Dolphins. It's Joe Philbin revenge game this particular week, so a good time to stream the Packers. I know they didn't look all that good in New England, but actually they made a few plays where their secondary was doing some things and being active and uh, – putting a little bit of heat on Tom Brady, not enough, but they'll definitely rev that up against Brock Osweiler at home in a game they desperately need to win. And Lambeau Field, the energy is going to be there on defense to make the necessary plays. And uh, the Dolphins really struggled with pass protection last week, so that also helps in the Packers' favor. If they can get a lead and tee off there on Miami. And uh, you look at the Cardinals, that's the team that's pulling the Raiders next week. So if you're not targeting the Bills there with your streaming defense, you should be targeting... The Raiders, because we saw that they can even make the 49ers look good there in a game. And uh, certainly the Cardinals have been a pretty good, viable, fantasy defense. They were off last week, so they might be available. They're also playing with Chiefs this week, so teams are not going to necessarily flock to them at all. So good chance to maybe get ahead and stash your defense ahead of uh, week number 11 there and uh, be set so you always want to start to look at on defenses a little bit be prepared see if there's any ones that you can play for a multiple week window i've done that with the chiefs to pretty good success here in league and i'm gonna play them one more week against the cardinals so you're looking for some windows when you're streaming defenses so you don't always have to mess around with roster spots and you get stuck trying to find one or hope that team's available this way that team is always available you are staying a step ahead and you can plug in that defense a little bit of a bonus strategy there to think about how you want to go about it. And I'll give you a little bit of bonus advice this week with a little bit extra time, but looking at kickers, I really exploit the kickers. They're on teams that are decent offenses, but maybe not the most explosive and can maybe uh, be stopped in the red zone. I, I looked at all, all the kickers against the giants. That was Robbie gold this week. And really? I've, had a lot of success starting kickers against the Giants. So that could uh, work out really well in this particular week. I think the Jaguars as well has been a team to target. Their are off. Uh, defense has not been as good and dominant as expected. They're still stopping teams and scoring positions. So Adam Vinatieri, if he was dropped, you can go look at him this week. And uh, the Cowboys do give a, a lot of field goal opportunities as well. So Jake Elliott, if he's available and someone dropped him, you're going to go there for sure. And uh, we'll see if, uh, Giorgio Tavecchio is the kicker there for the Falcons again, or is it Matt Bryant? But definitely that Cleveland matchup uh, screams there. And at this point, you just want a guy that's going to get some field goal volume, has some consistency, maybe he's made multiple field goals in multiple games in a row, going to get his opportunities, and also has a good weather conditions to kick in to keep up his uh, good rate of uh, converting on field goals. So. All kinds of things you have to factor in now. You can't throw away points, a kicker, defense. They could be the difference in a lot of close games as we get down the stretch and every win counts just a little bit more as you uh, get to the playoffs. So there you have it. There's another edition of the Tuesday show here for Week 10. It's a weekly waiver wire. We went through everything there. And uh, looking uh, forward to uh, what is coming up next here, we look at uh, uh, the matchups They're looking uh, pretty good. We had a good way to finish the week with the uh, Cowboys and Titans. Titans offense getting revved up there with uh, Marcus Mariota and Deion Lewis. That was good to see. And the Cowboys getting a little bit with uh, Amari Cooper and uh, Dak Prescott as well. So more and more guys in play. So we had to talk about those quarterbacks this week after what we saw on Monday night football. So good, good stuff. And uh, Thursday nighter. We can't wait to talk about those in all the games. It's the Panthers and Steelers, and we'll have Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus help us with their bigger matchups of the week and looking at those with the potential for high scoring. So for Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time, and good luck with your waiver claims going forward for Week 10.